toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love be the hope you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. If it feels safe for you to take just a moment to get centered with us, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out of your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. Take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release. Take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out the light and love and sending it back to all of humanity and remembering that you always have your breath to come back to you. Today we have Dig. Born and raised in the beautiful Virgin Islands, Dig is the creative force behind Sacred Fire Arts. He began drawing with a passion at age seven and began supporting himself as an artist by age 18. Since then, he has gone on to work as a custom artist for over 30 years. In that time, his work has received international recognition and acclaim and has been featured in numerous print publications. Dig has been wood-burning guitars for years and has had the pleasure of creating one-of-a-kind custom works of art for distinguished international musicians such as John Butler, Michael Franti, Mama Kin, Ash Grunwald, Sean James, and Trevor Hall, as well as having his work of art being auctioned off for charity. For him, the process of designing a guitar that can be cherished, a cherished heirloom for generations to come is both an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Dig. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I just want to let's let's just jump in with that. And um, I want to hear a little bit more about what got you started down your art, artist path. Well, first of all, thank you very much. It's so good to be here. It's so good to be with you folks. Um, I started drawing I've drawn, I've drawn ever since I can remember. I have pictures of me before I could write drawing, little kid with a big afro drawing away. And um, I've never stopped. 
in, in grade school, I was the person that people would come to and say, hey, can you draw this for me? Knowing I could. And, and it, it, I started to see at a really young age how much people responded to and could be impacted by artwork and specifically things that I drew. And I stuck with it and, and did it because I enjoyed it and because I felt like I, I could produce works of art that were gratifying to me and visually gratifying to me and also on an inner level gratifying to me because I, I would develop these relationships with people and I would see how there was an exchange of energy and also how it could really put a light on their, in, in their, in their eyes and, and make smiles come. And, and, and it's just been something that I've done all, all my life. And, and I'm grateful to have been able to, at a young age, even start supporting myself as an artist and working in that, in that field. And I've worked in different mediums and, and it hasn't always been wood burning guitar, that's for sure. But um, yeah, it's, I find it extremely gratifying and, and to, to, to see the depth of connection that people can form to artwork. Any artwork is amazing enough, but when the artwork is specific to that person, custom artwork for a person based on their input, their ideas, their vision is where I excel and what keeps me so focused on my craft and doing what I do and putting all of my energy and heart into it. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about it, but I, I kind of like have, have, you asked me about how I got into it, when I got into it and I'm like di digressing, but. No, that's yeah. great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you, um, where you get your inspiration from. These days, I get my inspiration from my clients. And when I'm going to work with somebody, it's always an involved process. Now, it, it really varies. Like, I, I want people to be involved in the creation of their artwork for their guitars. And sometimes people are initially like, you know, whatever you do is fine. I've seen your portfolio. I know what can, you can do. I just want you to create something that you like, speaking of me. And my response is always one of, well, there's all kinds of things that I, that I will like. And I can, this is a, a great opportunity for you to share yourself with me and your ideas, because I want it to be what I like is for it to be something that you like, for something that connects to your heart and your soul and your life and your journey. And then through talking with people, it's almost like, it's almost like an image being projected from their heart onto a projector. And I'm, mm. I'm kind of like the screen I'm the, or the projector. I don't know what I am, but I'm, <laughs> I, I function as, as a medium for bringing this, this concept, this, this idea, this vision that oftentimes has old history and old deep connection to these people and, and, and to lives. And how do we, encapsulate that in a static moment in time that we say, this is the design that we're gonna do on this guitar. 
and it's magical to see how it evolves and, and to see how somebody might go from being, being in a space of, I'm not sure what I want to all of a sudden after talking to me, having a cascade of ideas, like, okay, now I'm thinking of all sorts of things. And I often have people say to me, I don't want to overwhelm you with ideas or reference material, but that's never the case. There's never a time when I'm like, oh, that's too much. You want to provide too much information for me for this process. I've never had that experience. I take it all in. And even if it's not all incorporated into the design, it gives me insight as to who that person is, who I'm working with and what they will like. And again, when I see somebody and this is because I bring, I drop, I want people to be a part of it. I see the, the effects of when somebody's involved in the creation of their design and how when they get their guitar or they get whatever that work of art is and they look at it, they're like, wow, this is mine. It speaks to me. I'm going to love this forever. And that's great. I, I, I'm, you know, it's amazing to, to be part of. And, and it's, it is like guitars are something that if people take care of, they can have for beyond a lifetime. It can be passed on to generations. And, and to see some of the designs and some of the thought that people put into their guitar projects is deep because oftentimes it's done with the awareness that it will live on after their body has fallen away and it will be something that their kids cherish and it will be their story and it is their story in this lifetime too you know I work with people who are on stage telling their story to thousands if not millions of people you know and that in and of itself is is amazing to 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 see how like working with Michael Fronti, who was an, a great person to work with because he was very like, he had very clear ideas and, and lots of information that he wanted to give me and contribute to this process. And it created this amazing guitar that really represents him. And to see him on stage talking about his guitar, it, 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 it deepens his connection with his audience and it inspires people in the audience because of the inspiration that he brought into it. You know, it's like you say, like the energy that you put towards something continues to ripple through time. And so it's neat to see how, again, this, this guitar project that I get brought in on has this effect way beyond just the guitar. It's, it's sweet, you know? Um, yeah, I, uh, I totally, yeah, totally, completely, you know, 100% get what you're saying. And, and to me, that's kind of the definition of divine art. You know, divine art is is uh, something that you know you you get. It's 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 between um, like a collective. You know, it's between the collective. Um, so you get your ideas from from the people who who want their guitars burned, and you know, like you said, it, it channels in through you. They they their soul, their soul's idea of whatever they want to have on that you know on that musical instrument gets channeled in through you and then it's your hands and it's your creativity that brings that to life you know and I think that's amazing I think you know any type of art form is divine art you know like you said with with the musicians um, that they tell a story you know they tell their story or they tell somebody else's story whatever resonates with their soul is what they're, they're giving to the masses. And in turn, the masses' souls are resonating with their souls. You know, um, with uh, 
Stacy and I being in Colorado and you spending quite a bit of time in Colorado, we have Red Rocks Amphitheater, one of the best yeah. amphitheaters in the entire world, you know, and the reason one of the reason why it's so good is because all that good energy and all that good connection and it's just it's just flowing, you know, and it's kind of it just revolves and and um, yeah, to me, just just something like that. Um, you know, is, is considered divine art, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific type of medium. You know, you could look at a leaf and, you know, see the, the veins coming out of the leaf. That's, that's a divine art for me. So um, I really, you know, I, I, I really appreciate when, you know, people could come together in such an intimate and kind of a raw way, you know, as, and such kind of a primal way. I mean, putting fire to wood, you know, that's, that's the definition of primal, you know, that's how our ancestors kept warm and cooked their food and, you know, chased beasts away, you know, so to be able to use that kind of medium, I think is, is very, very amazing. Um, and I know, you know, you're, you're a musician as well, and you've been a musician for a while. So I, I, I'm wondering, you know, how does music actually influence you and the art that you do? Well, that's a great question. And it's, it kind of, it's a similar, I have a similar connection to music that I do to, with regard to a specific guitar project that I do to the entire process that I go through when I'm working with somebody to establish what we're going to be doing, what kind of a design we're going to be doing. I'll almost always ask somebody what kind of music they like and what kind of music has influenced them because I will always, when I find this information out, always make it a point to listen to music that they like while I'm working. And it might not be music that I would listen to normally, but that's beside the point. It is something that, and I, cause I know how deeply music impacts people. And so when somebody says to me, I love, whomever you know then I take that's that's like sacred information you know and I apply it to the energy that goes into the guitar even if it's not obvious that they're that this group or this performer has played a direct influence on the design or the creation of the guitar they're there in the background and you know I'll I'm always recording documenting the creation of these guitars and people love it when I'm able to share with them me just wood burning, which I always think is, unless you're doing it like I am, it seems like it would be really boring to watch, but people love to watch me wood burning their guitar. And they love it all the more when I've got music they love in the background. And like, he's really listening to this song that I told him to listen to. And in some cases, it's the artist's own song. You know, artists will say, hey, I wrote the song, I wrote the song, I wrote the song, listen to those and that will give you, sometimes they'll say, that's all the inspiration I'm going to give you. I'm not gonna give you any pictures. I'm not gonna give you any direction in particular, but here's three songs that are my favorite songs that I've written or the words of the songs or the composition applies to what I want this guitar to represent. So get to work, <laughs> do your magic kind of thing. But, and, and I love the variety of inspiration I get and music is just part of that. And, and I feel like, 
to be able to sit there and listen to the music while I'm burning, wood burning, it gives me a sense of connection to the person who I'm wood burning it for and to the artist that I might not have had before, you know, because again, I, I'm trying to listen to music with a very open mind and an open heart. So even if it's not music that I would normally listen to, well, here's an opportunity to learn and here's an opportunity to embrace something new. And, and I, had a, I had a client not that long ago who I guess it was last year at this point who got a, a guitar, beautiful Taylor guitar. Mm -hmm. And he got it with a, a design that was inspired very much by Alex Gray, who I am a huge fan of and have been for, I mean, feels like decades now. Alex Gray has been a huge influence in my life. I don't know if you know who he is, but I'm thinking you probably do. He's, he's amazing. And um, so this gentleman brought me this project and he's like, I, I love Alex Gray. I love Tool, the band Tool. And he's like, I don't know how we can do it, but I want to bring elements from Alex Gray and Tool into it. But I also want to represent my daughters, one of whom has had these challenges in her life recently. And I want to like it, have this thing be something that you just get sucked into, but also is expansive. And, and so he had me listen and he gave me a list. He's like, listen to this tool, listen to that tool, listen to this uh, song. But, and it's like, yeah, this is great. And it was just, so I, I approach these projects with so much inspiration inside and it's just like, yeah, let me add it. You know, by the time it's time for me to start wood burning, I'm like, I have, I, I see the vision. I'm ready. Just like, let me go. I, let me do this. Let me, cause for me, it's really amazing to watch it manifest too, because there's, there's a magic to bringing the known from the unknown or the, that which you can see mm -hmm. from a blank canvas, you know, like there's, there's lots of different ways that, that you, that people have phrased the, the fact that a blank canvas can be both the most daunting and most inspirational thing in the world. And it's true. And when I sit there looking at a blank guitar, there's this sense of, oh my gosh, what's it going to look like? And also, oh my gosh, it's going to be so amazing, you know? Um, so I love music. Like you said, I love music and I love listening to music while I'm wood burning, but I will also happily wood burn in silence too, because it's very, for me, just like I can get lost. I won't know how long I'm wood burning. When I'm sitting down to do somebody's, somebody's guitar, it's like hours will pass sometimes in silence, sometimes with music. Music will actually help me know how much time has passed more than silence. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I've been listening to 10 songs and it's been a couple hours, you know, versus just the silence of this little that the wood burner makes. I'm gonna, um, no, I'm not gonna get up because I know we're filming, but I've got guitars all around me that, you know, that are in different stages of evolution. Like this is one that I would burn that I, that people, people love this one. I don't know why they love this one so much, mm. but they love this one. This one I would have to say went more viral perhaps than any other guitar that I, that I have done. This mm. one, um, it, I, I posted a picture of it and uh, then I went and did stuff, went to a concert. I was at a concert actually when I started um, getting all these messages saying so-and-so is like this picture, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Within, within days, it had like gotten close to like a million, a million views or shares or something, not, not shares, but 
something ridiculous. And, and it's just like, you know, you look at these, these things and it's what do people resonate with? It's really hard to, to, you can't predict that, but it's really interesting to see what people like, you know? And having said that, I do all sorts of styles on guitars. I don't feel like I'm limited to one particular style. I have people who come to me, here's one that I'm working on right now that it's an electric. You can see just the bare bones beginning of a spiral Nautilus inspired shell coming, like, coming to life on this one. But, you know, photorealism stuff that's based on family history, all sorts of things and gosh, it's really amazing to, to watch the process and be part of it and, and then to see it when these people start playing their guitars and, and mm. just to see them get reacquainted with their guitar as a new, almost like a new instrument. Because sometimes it, people will come to me with guitars and people will come to me without guitars. Mm -hmm. And in, in other words, people will say, I have a guitar, I've had this guitar for 20 years and I really want you to woodburn something on it. Or people will come and say, I don't have a guitar. I want to get a guitar specific for this project. And both I find really, it's really great to see either the transformation of an old favorite part of the family or the excitement that goes along with, oh, I'm getting a new instrument and it's going to get wood burned. And when I get it back, I'm going to be like a kid in a candy store at Christmas, <laughs> you know? Um, um, yeah. That sounds really beautiful. What I was like, um, picking up on and maybe just kind of, um, you know, what you were saying, going back to just the, tapping into the music and tapping into this, it, it almost sounds like this other realm, like you are um, like getting this divine intervention, this divine, these divine messages. So you might come with like a blank canvas or someone might come with a blank canvas and you're both working together, but together you, you really are creating that magic. But I'm wondering, um, and then that's like the process without thinking, without thoughts, but it's coming from somewhere deeper than that. And I'm just wondering um, what that, uh, if you could just talk a little bit more about that, if that resonates, um, like where that, that working with, you know, that other, other realm or being in the flow of like, um, just allowing those messages to come naturally to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I like how you phrased that because that really is what it feels like. Like I try and step out of the way when it comes to the creation of a design. And I, I know that I've got certain talents and certain skills that I can apply to this project. And I try and step out of the way so that that person has full space to present me with their energy and their inspiration or their presence. And however that manifests, I try not to dictate it, but I try and encourage as much sharing of, of energy on whatever level they feel will be most conducive to me creating something that they will like. It really is a job of service and I try and keep it selfless service in the sense of I'm not trying to dictate. I can guide if somebody says, well, what do you think about that? Or do you think this would be better than that? I'm happy to give some direction. I'm happy to guide. If people ask me for, the more they ask for my input, I'm happy to, there's a science to art too. And there's a flow to art. And I try and 
bridge the science and, and the flow of it. And I feel like in my life, I've had lots of teachers, art teachers who've really taught me a lot about art theory and the science of art, but also the ability to create. I've had lots of teachers within the world of, of, of art who inspired me and reminded me of the importance when you're creating custom art of creating something that the person likes and not necessarily what I want them to do. And more than anything, I feel like it's a matter of me not wanting somebody to do something, but wanting to know what they want. And then, and then taking that and, and filling that space with something that they're gonna visually love. Now, I always think of the artwork that I'm striving to achieve. I, I feel like if I had a goal that I, that I was gonna state, that I would want this to be something that when a person's life is over, when they're getting ready to leave their body, when they are leaving their body, that it, they feel like somehow that represented them. I don't know how to, how to like, because people are so fluid and dynamic and there's not just like, it's really hard to, to say that one thing is gonna represent somebody. I, I understand that. And yet I, I imagine that as, the, as the, the, the breath leaves the body, if, if this was the last thing that you looked at, would you feel that this represented you? Would this feel like that this in, somehow spoke of your journey here on this planet? Is this, is this embody and encapsulate your energy. I, and again, I, I'm not trying to say that from the point of view of I'm, I want to limit that which is leaving the body to what the body did, or what that person was. But that's my goal to, to, to have somebody feel happy with the design that they got when it's all said and done. You know, I, I, I kind of got that. I kind of got that attitude from 20 years that I spent tattooing. And that was another medium where people put intense thought and gave intense value to the artwork that they got on their body. And that's when I first started thinking along those lines of these people are going to be wearing this for the rest of their lives. And it's going to be the last thing that they see when they stop seeing something and is there going to be a sense of I wish I hadn't gotten that or what the heck you know like I always strove for something positive or uplifting or at least deeply personal when I was in that career and I think that that kind of bled over uh, bled over it's a funny word to use with regard to tattooing but anyway <laughs> um into wood burning guitars because I just see how, how much guitars mean to people and, and, and they, they last longer than, than the skin on a body too. So there's that element of, of feeling like um, there's more, as, as permanent as a tattoo is, there's more permanence to a guitar. And that's been something that I have to say is really one of the really rewarding things about guitars is that there is this sense of, 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 being passed down through generations or longevity to the artwork and, and people take really good care of it. And yet it's functional art. So it's being used and 
oh gosh, it's been a good, um, it's been a great experience to be part of, of this process, I have to say. Hmm. And, and you, can, you can see from talking from this conversation that it really, it's, it's a reciprocal process that I'm engaged in, in with people and it's a really rewarding process for myself and for the person, hopefully. And it's like, especially when I'm working with somebody who's gonna be playing out, playing on stages, there's this cyclical process of an energy exchange, like people pour their energy into their music and their music inspires people. And then they bring me a guitar project and I pour my energy into that and they pour their energy into that. And then I see them with it on stage and then it's inspiring people even more in the audience and the audience is connecting with the artist, the musician artist, as well as the musician through the art on their instrument and it's mm. it's deep and it's 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 a sweet it's a sweet sweet process to be part of and and just even just a little bit you know yeah yeah and you know that like i mean it sounds very just soul centered and you know when you're doing what you love it's never work and it flows and it becomes natural and it becomes this process of being easy. Um, I just think about, you know, the create when you're when you're creating something and, and your your heart is in it for the right reason, like you said, you're in this for service and service to others. And the musicians are in it for service to others. They're, you know, or they're they're providing a service, right? Their music. Um, I can't speak for all artists, but like right, um, right. but you know, but like that is that when you're heart centered and you're open and you're flowing, then, um, then the art is going to touch, you know, many, many lives. It seems. You know, I, you mentioned in the beginning that I, I had done work for charity and, and one of the guitars that I had created specifically for an artist by the name of Trevor Hall, who's a Colorado person, I think these days. Um, he had this guitar and it was auctioned as part of a um, Conscious Alliance. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Conscious Alliance, but Conscious Alliance does um, charitable auctions to help feed those in need in America. And his Trevor's guitar was auctioned as part of that and I was so happy to see that it brought in way more money than I ever would have thought it would have brought in. I was like, I think it brought in $4,600. And that's a testament to Trevor's fan base, but also I think, well, let's stick with Trevor's fan base. He, he I don't know if you're familiar with him as an artist, but mm -hmm. he, he's got a big heart. And I think that somebody out there obviously also had a big heart and was happy to have a piece of Trevor's mm -hmm. musical collection while also supporting a, a, an amazing charity like like Conscious Alliance and and what their their mission of, of bringing food to those in need is and and I was just really honored to be a part of that I've worked with Conscious Alliance in the past and we'll work together again too um yeah good stuff yeah and uh... And I, I, I really uh, appreciate that you brought up the, um, 
you know, the auctioning off of Trevor Hall's guitar, because it, it's not, you know, it, it's not just limited to, um, you know, an artist comes to you with a guitar, you burn it, and the artist takes it and plays it on a show. You know, that that's not, that's like, like you said, it's cyclical. It's, it's, that's not where this ends, you know? So now um, the, the individual that um, bought the guitar for charity, now this individual, like you said, has, has a, a work of art, something that to remind him of an artist like Trevor Hall and something to remind him of an artist like yourself, combining energies you know and then in turn that money that that he paid for the he or she paid for the guitar goes to beating people so now that good energy is being right, spread exactly. to 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 somebody else and then and, and it just it'll 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 continue like like you said with the guitars if you take care of them they last forever you know so that could be passed down from generation to generation to generation not only that but then you have the people who you know who benefited from the food and now stories get told you know and that good energy gets spread and it's just it's like this huge just wave that keeps crashing in and out and in and out and it's all it's it's just it's all good energy and that good energy started with an idea that's where it all started you know and that's where you know good energies they start with just the simplest of ideas you know and i think that's it's incredible and it's beautiful and it's it's amazing just how we as you know human beings can be of service in any way imaginable you know um a lot of us we are put in these in these boxes you know and we think that you know our our uh reach can only you know go as far as our our grasp you know that that's as far as we go but you know to hear to hear your stories about you know the the guitar donations and just everything you see that no your reach goes way beyond your grasp you know and your reach will continue to go on long before you know or long after our you know our our shells are are gone and and we have moved on the impact that we put on this earth will continue to go on you know and and the amazing uh things that you're doing it's just it's just good energy being just flown in and flowed in and flowed in and um i don't know i just i think that's you know amazing i think that's incredible and i think that anybody that could could be of service in any particular way it just it just continues to to help the collective you know it just continues to kind of ascend us you know not just individual ascension all of all just ascending just us you know earth everything um and um yeah and i just i i think that's you know it's just it's it, it's incredible and to me like i'm i'm like excited like i'm buzzing right now just from hearing you talking about all that uh charity and and everything else because that's that's what makes me feel good you know that's what resonates with me and um yeah and i i and you did mention too how you know uh you'll listen to to music um that people have suggested when you do your burnings but you also listen to nothing and um it sounds to me like you know that's kind of a, a form of meditation to you right so can you kind of go like just maybe a little bit deeper into you know kind of just the meta the meditation 
that you do when you do your art and how that connects you with not only uh, the person that's requesting it, but with you know all the elements that you're using as well to, to create this art. Yeah, it, it is a very meditative process. And on a lot of level, like, obviously it's not something that I can close my eyes and but I will though, honestly, I will, I will, while I'm working, I will take breaks just to close my eyes and take some deep breaths. And, and it's already a very centering process. And I think that it lends itself to me having to just take a moment, sit up straight and bring some, bring the breath in and then breathe the breath out and, and come back because it does get thick. It gets deep in that process of just working with the heat and the wood and the wood grain and watching the molecules change as this heat uh, affects it and 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 the designs that are, are emerging out of nothingness and oftentimes the designs are kind of psychedelic mm -hmm. and it's like you can get lost in them and, and have you know really magical experiences with it within the design and i've got to stay grounded <laughs> while I'm working on these designs that can be quite expansive, you know, it's like you working on, on animal medicine or, or, or galactic influence, cosmic things that people bring to the equation. And I'm trying to, to, it's just, you know, I often work at night too, middle of the night. So I'm, I'm in that zone. Things are quiet. Things are still, I'm wood burning for hours and hours and oftentimes on very like deep subject matter. And it just gets, it's out there. It's, it's, it's magic. It's just amazing. And it's kind of, yeah. Um, it's not lost on me that there's more to the process as you say, than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I feel like a lot goes into it and, and a lot should, you can feel it in, in the guitars and it's, it's not like I'm saying you can feel me in the guitars, but you can feel the energy that goes into it. The person's energy, the, the music, all of that resonates through this guitar and, and people, people who see them, you know, it's interesting to see people's reactions to them too, because some people are guitar purists and they're like, you don't put anything on a guitar, but the wood. And that's great. I can totally respect that. But other people are like, wow, that's the most amazing thing. That's not, that's not, um, that's not doing anything bad to a guitar. That's like the best thing you could have done. You know, it's interesting though, you know, not everyone is a fan of it. And I say that because I'm friends with a lot of luthiers, people who make amazing guitars. And I, I get that. I get that there's the purist out there who nothing looks better than a solid wood top or a, a, an exotic wood wood top. And I get that. I totally, I'm there for that, you know? And those aren't the people that I'm appealing to in terms of as somebody coming to me to say, I want, I want you to do art on there. But having said that, I have a lot of luthiers who I will, who I, I know or who I will, I will work with, who I don't know. And then I meet that way. And they say things to me like, I've heard about you because you do this and I want to have you do this on this guitar that somebody wants, not for them per se, but you know, there's people out there who are like, yeah, I want him to do a guitar for me. 
and I found myself working with numerous luthiers in that capacity. They're building the guitar and I'm wood burning it, which is neat. And I just want to say something. You, you were, you kind of had me thinking about it as, as you were, you both were talking about the energy that goes into it or how does it come about? What's the inspiration come from? And I have to say that I have some of the most amazing clients, the most amazing hearted people come across my path. And if that's because I'm drawing them to me, then that's great. If it's for some other reason, just because, I mean, I, just, I don't know. I, I can only say that when I meet these people and have start to, 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 to learn about them, that I'm always overwhelmed by their hearts. And it's, I consider it, consider it an honor to do what I do because I love what I do, but I also consider it an honor to do what I do because I work with amazing freaking people. I work with people who I, I want, I want to be their friend. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't always have to develop a relationship of a friendship with them, but everyone I meet, I'm like, gosh, I just love this person so much. Um, but you have to be professional too. And you can't just say that to everybody. <laughs> I, but I, I do though. I said, it, cause I communicate with so many people via, uh, the, the text message, uh, emails, messages on, on the internet, I'm always having to like restrain myself from sending hearts or, and, and I do, I, Sam, you've gotten lots of hearts for me, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I always sign it that way, you know, and that's how I feel about these interactions with these beautiful beings that I, that I come across with. And sometimes they are never going to play that guitar in front of anybody. And that doesn't matter to me at all. That guitar is something sometimes that will sit on a wall and sometimes they're going to play it in front of a lot of people. And I have to say, that's just, I mean, it's, it's either way. It's like these, it's like working with somebody famous is, is, is wonderful, but because somebody's famous doesn't make them, a big hearted person necessarily. I just am fortunate that the people who are famous or have some le level of celebrity have also been amazingly big hearted people who are involved in their own charitable pursuits and their own endeavors to help shine light in the world, bring light to the, to the world and, and uplift humanity. And I'm like, golly gee, this is just, this is just such an honor on that level. But Again, when I work with somebody who's not famous, they're still doing the same thing within their communities, within their circles, within their families. They're still the ones that are up, trying to uplift. I have these ridiculously happy people in my life because of wood burning their guitars. And I see like their, their posts on social media and it's always an inspiration to me. And I'm always like, yep, I wasn't just imagining or it wasn't just something that um, was presented to me as part of the creation of their guitar. And like you say, everyone has their light and their dark. Everyone has their struggles. Everyone has their challenges. Everyone has their obstacles within their, their own self to overcome and, and to, to face. But I'm always inspired by those who, who can do it and then maintain positivity and, and find ways to tap into the joy or the light or the, the, the contentment or the 
sense of I can be of most service in this world by being my best self, my happiest self, and my most uplifting self, even if I'm dealing with or going through or what have you, you know, because I see some amazing people go through some amazing challenges too. And I get a lot of inspiration from seeing how, how some of the people that I know specifically through wood burning guitars handle challenges. It's, it's neat. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't take it again. I don't take it for granted. And it's something to be grateful for, to be able to learn from the people I work with, like I do, you know, and, and I sense that you both have the similar experience with people that you work with, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just so honored to have the people who I have in my life. And I feel like a lot of that is, you know, the own, my own inner journey, my own inner work that I've done to help clear out some of the stuff. And so I come from, you know, maybe that um, perspective of like attracts like. So we, we attract people into our lives because we are in that same space. We are, you know, um, like attracts like. And so, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been such an incredible journey, especially, you know, just even just doing this podcast and the, the people that we get to surround ourselves with and learn from and have these beautiful conversations. Um, it's just it's really, it's been a, a huge um, blessing. And, and so I, I kind of have a, a two-part question. I'm really curious um, about what are some of your spiritual tools that you use to tap into some of that or what you've done for your, for your own, on your own journey. And, and then also how have, has that and art, has that helped in your own, your own shadow work on your own sp spiritual journey? Well, I'll start with the second part of that question first. Um, art has Art has been a part of meditation for me for a long time. Like I'll see visions in meditation. I'll see patterns. I'll see things form. I'll get inspiration. Um, and meditation in and of itself for me has been a journey through the most challenging parts of myself and the most uplifting parts of myself. The parts of myself that I might not want to look at, I get to look at when I take the time to, to, to meditate consciously. And it's like looking, it's like part of the fruit of that, perhaps I could say, is that you look at that and you, you look at that and then you come back to this three-dimensional world. For me, at least, it's been a process of coming back, wanting to be lighter, wanting to have more lightness or more freedom within my own self and within the world around me. And I definitely feel that, well, you can't have the dark without the light and that there's a balance between them. And I feel, I feel um, like, like my art has definitely taken me on journeys through darkness and light and has been with me, has been an integral part, integral part of me and who, who I am and how I deal with things for most of my life. So if I'm going through a dark period in my life or a challenging period or a, a tragic period, the art is part of 
what I use to process and it would seem push, move through almost as a transformative tool that I don't always see as a transformative tool because it is part of what I just am always involved with. But um, it, it is definitely something that like, as I've gone through different experiences on my own journey, I've seen how it's influenced my understanding of the world around me and how I see the world around me and how I bring that awareness to the art that I do. And one of the things, for instance, that I've really noticed a correlation in is my study of dynamic light and shape. Like how light interacts with objects and how conceptually light represents or, or presents itself in the design because of how, like I, I look at it in the, in the external world, I look at it in the world around me and it's really, like you say, the, the, the play between light and shadow that we can see visually in the world, for me as an artist is, is very, um, it's like, it's, it's, it represents a process that, that, that I bring to all my pieces, it represents a process that I go through as I'm working on my pieces, I feel like there's always a process of, of a tremendous joy and also of like an undefined grief in every project that I do. There's like this, you're looking out, I feel like the, the, there's sometimes literally, sometimes just figuratively, there's a, a feeling of looking out over the abyss when I, when I start a project or when I'm deep in a project. And, and then there's a, there's a process of stepping back from that abyss and seeing what's been, what's come of that, looking into this eye of creation, of nothingness, of everything, and just watching it. And then what's, what comes of it is different each time, but it somehow, to me, has seed traces of that experience that I go through. And again, talking, back, talking about my clients again, I've got some wild clients who give me some wild ideas and encourage me to go out there and to push the boundaries or to push the ways that light and shadow can be represented in a way that will be trippy, that will be sacred, that will be captivating and mesmerizing, but also profound and, and, and stilling calming like I, 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 it, so so much has so much for me goes back to the to the people I get to work with and, and I, I know I keep saying I'm so grateful for it but I really am and and um, then let me go back to the first part of your question refresh my memory on, on, on your first part of your question please sure um, yeah I was just wondering about what your spiritual tools were right yeah yeah so i i'm trying to think how far back to go i feel like as far back as i can remember i always felt strongly like there was more to this world than met the eye and that who i really was wasn't of 
this, what you can see with the eye, it wasn't of just this world. Yeah. I used to feel, I remember standing on the porch when I was really young in the Virgin Islands. And I would just like look up at the stars and it was a place in the world where there weren't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of light pollution from buildings and cities and the stars, you know, just massive in the sky. And I would look up at the stars and I didn't have a strong connection to what I was introduced to as the concept of God, but I had this deep and profound connection to the universe. Hmm. Going back a little bit, I'll give you a little bit of additional information. I was born in, I was, I was born into a family that my mom was an atheist and my father's family were Episcopalians. And I remember some of my earliest exposure to the concept of something divine being one of sin and punishment and heaven for some people and hell for other people. And it was really scary as a kid having to start my day every day in a church, getting these messages. And I just didn't, I didn't know what to think, but I remember it didn't resonate with me. Like looking up at the stars resonated with me. I would talk to the universe, but I never felt a connection to what I was being introduced to at least in the, in the, in the church at the time as this is something I connect to. This isn't where I'm going to come in and conf confess or, or express who I truly am on the deepest level. It's to the universe and the stars. And that's where I found myself as a, as a, and again, everyone's different. So I don't mean to like say one is better than the other. But for me, that's what resonated. I found myself talking to the universe and to the stars and to the beings that I felt might be out there. Again, I don't know where I got this information from. It's pre star Wars. I was like six or something, you know, and I'm, sending messages, telepathic messages out, or this is what I'm telling myself. When I first learned about telepathy, I'm like, let me send telepathic messages out to the stars and remind them, don't forget about me. So that's one of my earliest memories actually. And um, then I remember as I got older, wanting to feel greater connectivity to whatever that source was. The older I got, I felt like I was losing that connection as I was being more introduced to the world of, of education and, and, and interpersonal relationships and whatnot. And I felt progressively drawn to try different established religions. And I investigated to different degrees, Buddhism, um, I spent time actively trying to go to churches, whether it was a Unitarian church or different churches that were recommended to me. Again, all looking for that connection and feeling, seeing glimpses of that, but wanting more and not feeling completely fulfilled perhaps. And I, I found, um, at a, at a young age, relatively young age, I found, I discovered yoga. I feel like I grew up with yoga. My mom had me doing yoga poses when I was a kid, when I was like, again, when I, from whatever age she, she could get me in to do it. But that wasn't like 
with a, a discipline or a, or a, a path as such. And I feel like probably when I was about 16 or 17, I started actively following a yogic path. And then that led me to a yogic and a raw food path, which I was on probably pretty dedicatedly for probably, probably 20 years at least, if not more. And I went to India and I did lots of fasting and I was very um, discipline focused with regard to wanting to get the most tangible results, the, the results that I would be reading about, whether it was health-wise or internally. And I remember like, I feel like consistently through my life, there's been this thread of rebellion and it's always been there and I've always been grateful for it, though not always in the moment. And I feel like when it came to spirituality, there's always been this rebellion of following or being too set on something as this is the truth, this is the way kind of thing. And I've always tried to do my best not to be that way, but I know that there have been times when I have been that way, like with, for instance, raw food, I was very much a, a proponent. I'm not a raw food person right now, but I'm also, uh, things that, I've, that I learned over those 20 years have, are still with me. I'm not anti-raw food, but that's not what I do right now. But there were time, times over that period where I was very much like, and I felt like I was basing it on science and basing it on what I'd learned. And I didn't feel like I was like too deep down the rabbit hole, but I felt like this is what will save the planet, you know? And um, I've just seen myself shift. I'll put it that way. I've seen myself change and things that I thought could never change, never shift, shift and change in massive ways. Mm. And as they change, what stays the same? What is it that I, and it's part of it is that rebellious spirit that continues to remind me to bring my attention inward mm. because it's really easy to give power away. And it, I haven't felt like in my life that I would say it's, it's been a habit of me to give my power away as such, but I do feel like one of the areas that I have definitely found myself weighing things with great discernment and great discrimination and great attention to detail is in the spiritual realm. Like, am I giving my power away? It's continually a question that I have to ask myself, you know, and being reminded by various experiences, journeys, teachers, um, scriptures, whether it's yogic or Buddhist or Christian or Shinto or what have you, I feel like there's so many reminders that we go inside and that we have all the answers inside and that we are this greatness. We, it, it, all of this is within us and that, that the, you can follow a path. I remember this is one of the things that, that it, it, it's like 
like I say, I've seen myself shift a lot. And one of the areas that I've seen myself shift a lot is in with the, within the area of being uh, a student of yoga. And I don't mean Hatha yoga, I mean the yogic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I've be, I, there's parts of that that are still part of me, but there's parts of that that aren't part of me now like lots of the dogmatic parts of that aren't part of me now and it's like I feel like there's things that I remember from from my consistent practice that like the the notion that you can follow any number of paths to reach the the goal the temple the 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 utopia the heaven the nirvana the samadhi but at some point you've got to leave that path You've got to leave that mantra. You've got to leave that body. You've got to leave that concept of who you were and what you thought was right and wrong and be all of that and more than that. And I have, have just observed how that process has, has been a, 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 it's, it's a trip. It's a trip to be here in this body and be watching all of these things present themselves and fall away and present themselves and seem so real and significant and then fall away. And it's a reminder that like, I'll tell you, my wife is in, my wife is a hospice person, 12 years hospice. And she's continually just by her very presence, reminding me about the, the temporariness of life, the delicacy of life, the preciousness of life. And when you're like constantly thinking about death, the moment becomes that much more valuable. The, the life becomes that much more valuable. I remember that that was one of the things that drew me to yoga was the emphasis on thinking about death, the emphasis on thinking about how these bodies were temporary and that there was more to it than that. Now, are there past lives, future lives, is time linear? I don't even know if time is linear. So it's like, there, there's, I, I feel like I've learned a lot from all these different paths and, and experiences. And if I had to pin myself down, I'd have a really hard time doing it. I'd have a really hard time saying that this is, this is, um, this is too real, or I know too, I, I have a hard time saying too much. I, I, I don't know. I like, like people ask me, where do you, where are your political affiliations? I don't know. I don't fit into that. I don't have, I don't like, I don't see things like that. So it's really hard for me to try and define myself as that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that I want to be a good person. I want to be a kind person. I strive to do that. I strive to experience love within myself and share it with other people. Is that a spiritual path? I don't know. It feels like it is. It feels like it's a consistent, one of the consistents in my life. That and a rebellious streak that continually has me questioning maybe too much. I know that in school, it was too much. In, in church, when I was a kid, it was too much. Don't, you know, I was asking too many questions I had. Um, but I'm grateful for that. And it's still part of me. So even though it has made made things that I felt like, Again, for me to separate from my path of yoga was a big deal for me because I felt like it would never happen. 
I felt like this was a marriage, this was a commitment. And I don't, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm continually washing my brain, continually trying not to be <laughs> brainwashed. So I'm continually like trying to wash out and get, you know, check what, what's really going on in there. And, and is this, is this a, a universal concept? Is it an eternal concept? And how much do I know? And, and, and how much can I say I know for sure? And, and what do I want to claim? These are all questions that I'm continually asking myself. And I don't have the answers, but I do have a lot of questions. And I feel like the questions take me in certain directions and give me some answers and what they give me might lead to, to more confusion or more questions. And there's a sense of expansion and contraction, expansion into a space of, I am expansive and great and beyond what I can ever know, but also then these questions come and I like, like to dissect them and, and think about who do I think I am and what is this world about? And things can seem so real, especially when faced with challenges. Like it's all well and good when you have the time to sit in a cave and meditate. But when you're faced with the challenges of your family that know exactly which button to push, or you're faced with natural disasters, or you're faced with the death of somebody that you love, then all of a sudden, I, and I'm saying these things because these are all things that I, I've seen myself have to deal with. And I've seen the varying levels of challenge and how do I handle that? And how much does something shake me from my center? Or how much can I stay centered? And what tools do I have? Like if I'm gonna follow the practice of, for instance, mantra repetition, how much does that mantra help me? And if there's a point where I no longer follow that practice of mantra repetition, because one of the things that it's like, that's one of those things that you're even in, within yoga, you're encouraged to at some point, you've got to let go of the mantra. The mantra is a tool. You've got to let go of that. Then what tool do you use when there's not that mantra? I know that for years, it was so hard for me. If something was a stress on my mind, not to start repeating a mantra, because what's there, if there's not a mantra. There's breath, there's questions, there's observance and awareness. I think of like um, when you're out in an in a expanded state of consciousness, wherever that expanse is coming from, um, it could be music. Like I love music and I love getting into just like the vibe of music where you just get like intoxicated with it, especially live music, especially music where the musicians are really like having to create on the moment, spontaneous and yet synchronized, you know, you get into the, or, or it could be from whatever breath work, or for some people it's psychedelics and, and, and there's these expansive states that you get into where you experience what the visionary artists are trying to bring back. And it could be a visionary artist who's a visual artist. It could be a visionary artist who's a musical artist. And they're trying to encapsulate that which can't be encapsulated in something limited and static or small or whatever. And it's like this incredible process of just feeling like I'm just continually blown away by the mystery and magic of it all. And I wish I could say more definitively, I had a path. I don't wish that, but I, I, to, to answer your question, it would be easy if I just had a cut answer of, I practice this or I am uh, that, you know? I didn't make that easy for you. <laughs>
<laughs> no, that's great. That's a really beautiful answer, you know, because it, it really does show like the path that you've gone down and, and um, it really made me think, you know, I, I like what you were saying about kind of like your, how you washed your brain and, you know, and, and like maybe something resonated with you at one point, but then there's, you know, something started to not resonate. And then um, it reminded me, and I think I might've mentioned this on another podcast, but um, of this Rumi quote um, where he says, I looked for, um, I always mess up quotes, but um, I, I looked for the divine in churches, mosques and uh, temples. And I found it in my, the divine in my heart is basically the, the gist of the, the quote. And it's, you know, just such a beautiful sentiment that like, you know, it's, it's never outside of us, right? It's, we, we can use tools along the way that help us connect and connect to ourselves, but it's really coming back to what is within. And that's really where, where the answers lie. It's really beautiful. Well, you know, we, we talk about tools. I would say that one common tool that it seems like we all have and that you started the, the episode with was the breath. And that mm -hmm. in my own experience has probably been the most powerful tool mm -hmm. that I've had. And the tool that has tra transcended all else for me and has persevered more than anything. Not that I always remember to utilize it, but when I do remember to utilize it, it is the most effective tool that I have personally. And I've seen it consistently regardless of Whatever, whatever other beliefs or external circumstances I'm in, the breath is when I can remember to breathe consciously and take those deep breaths, especially when I need it. I mean, golly, that's the thing. It's like, again, if you're sitting in the cave, focused on your breathing, focused on your meditation, it's a different experience than when you're in the storm. I've literally, mm. you know, like, I can, I can think back to moments literally being in a storm on a boat where there's rocks in front, following seas, big waves coming behind you, wind, everything is crazy. And it's like the urge to not breathe, the urge to like tense up and lose the focus on the breath is extreme. And I think of this again as in it's an analogy for life, but you can, if I can remember in those moments to breathe, when I do, it changes things so dramatically and so quickly that it's a shocker that my mind can win out as often as it does and make me forget to breathe in a sense, mm -hmm. like in the midst of a struggle or a tribulation or whatever, you know, it's like if I'm on a boat and I'm in a, in a crisis situation, breathe through it. You know, if I'm, if somebody's giving birth, what do they say? Breathe through it. You know, if, if I'm in a good time and bad time, happy, sad, that breath is the most valuable tool that I've come across. And there's going to be a point where I can't do it anymore, where it's just going to leave, you know, and it's ironic that it is such a tool to affect our mental state as well as keeping us alive. You know, there's that connection between your mental state and being alive like you think and you're alive and yeah and the breath is stuff. really when you know as a therapist you know I, i've learned that like we 
the first thing to go and we experience trauma, whether or not that is, you know, trauma as a little kid and maybe falling down or, you know, other more traumatic things happening. The breath is the first thing to go as far as like starts to constrict. And the more you constrict it over the years, you know, we have this, we we're all breathing so shallowly. And so when we don't have the full breath, we, you know, it creates dis-ease and, you know, anxiety and stress and, you know, because we're always holding on and we're holding on to that breath. And so we, breath work is so powerful. You know, I've done some breath work that it's, you know, you go deep and you breathe for hours or not hours, but uh, well, in some cases, sometimes, yeah, right. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but you're breathing so deeply, you're releasing so much emotion at the same time. And so all those deep embedded emotions that have been stored in the body for so long start to come up and, and be released. And it's so powerful what the breath, working with the breath can really do. Absolutely. We've been working with, um, I live with my wife and my seven-year-old son. And lately we've been working on, not lately, I wish lately, but we've been doing with some regularity um, Wim Hof breathing together mm. in the evenings. And it's been, it's been so great. It's been so good. Like it's, it hasn't, it's just to do that intense breathing and then this the the zone you get into the zone and, and I'm getting like it's not just through that like I feel the zone as we have been getting deeper into our conscious into our conversation into our consciousness into our consciousness but what I meant to say is into our conversation it's like the buzz like you were talking about the buzz Sam it's like you're like oh wow what a great what a great time um I love it and it's like the breath has so much to do with it but it's not just the breath. Like I'm, you know, I'm feeling the buzz right now through talking with you folks that I feel after doing 10 minutes of Wim Hof breathing, you know, and I haven't been doing the Wim Hof breathing, you know, so there's something to the connection and the sharing of energy that is magical and just gets you, you know, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, this has been, this has been a really great, um, conversation um, and just the energy, you know, just co-creating this has been really beautiful. Yeah. So, so thank you so much. Um, so, Dig, tell us, tell our listeners how they can find you and and what you're currently working on. Ah, uh, well, I'm all over the internet these days. Um, I'm on Facebook, Sacred Fire Arts, Sacred S A C R E D F. I-R-E-A-R-T-S is the name of the business that I have, Woodburning Custom Guitars. And I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube and Pinterest and sure other things too. Um, and I have a website, which is sacredfirearts.com. And for those who find me with the interest of getting a guitar, it's never as simple as simply saying, I want to order a guitar. Let me pay you for it. It's always a process. And I say this on my website and I say this whenever I get to communicate with what anybody, we have to talk first. There's a process of communication and interaction and, and 
some people don't want to talk in person. Like some people would much rather just do the communication through written, you know, through um, text, email format. And that's fine. I can totally respect that. I understand that a lot of thought can be poured into the written word. And people oftentimes I will encounter people who feel like the thought that goes into what they write helps them attain clear clarity with what they want me to do. So they like writing it down because it makes them think about it more versus other people want to talk to me. I, video chats, phone, I'm available for all of that. I love all of that because however we communicate about it, if somebody comes to me for a guitar, we get to talk about what you want that guitar to be. It's not as simple as just saying, I want you to create it. You can say that, but the more you talk to me, the more you'll be like, no, actually, I want to give you some input because I see that there's a lot of potential to this. And the more input I give you, the more it's going to be mine and the more it's going to resonate with my story. So it's like, oftentimes I'll talk with somebody. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, always talking with a client, but it's really interesting because after that first conversation, people will often leave with more questions than they had thought they did. They're like, what do I want? I've got to go research now. I've got to go think about this because I thought I knew what I wanted. I saw Michael Franti's guitar. I saw somebody's guitar and I like that one. I want something like that. And they start thinking, and I, and I start telling them how Michael Franti's guitar came about and how much thought he put into it. And they're like, oh, wow, I'm going back to the drawing board. I need to figure this out. There's a lot more to it. Well, thank you, Dig, for being here today and sharing all your experiences with us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the time. It's been an absolute amazing pleasure. So thank you. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 555 Mountain Standard Time. And if you like this show, share the love by sharing it with your friends. If you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon site at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself love each other and love the world we love you guys love you guys take care we'll talk to you later Bye. thank you heather lynn for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show be the love if you would like to learn more about heather lynn and her music please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com and thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.